This is Eric Corey, and what I'm about to do is not something that most sane people would even try. This is sacred ground that I tread on, and forbidden acts in these parts are dealt with harshly. These are the most powerful people amongst us, teachers and their unions. Don't get me wrong here. I'm all for collective bargaining and rewarding the hard work of teachers, and there's nothing more American than unifying for a single cause working together to shape the world around us, and reaping the rewards that unity brings. I mean, it's what I've been preaching in all of my podcasts, the incredible power of unity and working together for a common purpose. And teachers and their unions have done that to perfection. The political domination that this organization enjoys is a beautiful example of what can be done when that level of unity is achieved. There is no better example that I can give of the potential we all have when working together. And for that, I have the greatest admiration possible for teachers and their unions. Now, I've had my stint as a teacher. For about eight years in the mid-90s, I was an instructor at a local community college. It was adult education stuff. And many of my family and friends were teachers. It's certainly an admirable vocation and one that I wish I would have stayed in. Most of my contemporaries who went right from high school to college into teaching are now retired. And they're still collecting a paycheck with themselves and their entire family fully insured all without having to work another day in their lives past 55. I mean, how did I miss that boat? So I'll preface my remarks by saying that maybe a lot of my angst comes from that perspective. You see, I need to work a few more years past 55 to create that kind of forever income in retirement. Now, I marvel at the life you must have lived. I mean, my favorite days of my life were while I was in school, and you guys never left. I mean, how cool must that be? To never have to venture out beyond the bounds of a schoolhouse to earn a living? I mean, man, what was I thinking? I've been banging my head against the wall of self-employment for over 30 years, 30 years of kissing the ass of clients to get paid, struggling to make payrolls, and enduring the punitive taxes. But like most self-employed idiots, we eat out a living. Some good, some not so good, and some off-the-chart stupid money. And this leads me to my different story. So you see, to me, one of the greatest mysteries in life is why in the hallowed halls of the greatest learning institutions in this country, there exists a singular school of thought. Now, it would be hard for anyone to perfectly describe what that school of thought is, but it's decidedly left-leaning. I'm sure there are a few exceptions, but I don't think that point can honestly be argued. See, I'm trying to be diplomatic here because I don't want to be like every other raving podcaster and tell you how everyone in this fill-in-the-blank group are all the same painting everyone based on their religious belief or skin color or income level with the same brush. It always freaks me out when someone argues a point on whatever they're hating on that day. And they declare that everyone in this fill-in-the-blank group are all the same. It's the ultimate in ridiculousness, and it removes any chance of any argument being taken seriously. So I'm not doing that. I'm not taking a shot at the teachers on the front lines who are teaching the children in a classroom. It's a tough job, and many of the teachers I know don't get paid near enough to do the work they do. And with so many children lacking the participation of a parent, the teacher's job is near impossible. So when I refer to teachers and their representative unions, I refer to that which they collectively promote and protect themselves, just as it should be. You see, they pool their funds through the withholding of teachers' paychecks, and they use that money to lobby state and federal governments for more money. And with more than $3 million all contributing significant dollars to this single cause, it's a very, very powerful thing. Historically seen as the wisest among us, teachers naturally assume a higher level of authority. So they have the money, and they have the intellectual high ground, and they work it to a level never before seen in this country. The teachers union throughout these United States wield more political power than any one group you can name. Go ahead. I'll wait. There is none. 
And it's for that reason they should be taking the authority and the power they wield very seriously and use it to promote a higher enlightenment, one befitting their level of education. But that's not what they're doing. They're doing what every other red-blooded capitalist does, and that is trying to make as much money as possible. And I'm totally cool with that if what you're selling is worth the price. But publicly funded teachers have no accountability, and no one gets fired for failures at work. You get what they say you get, whether you want it or not. If you have kids or not, if you homeschool your kids or send them to private school, none of that matters. Everybody pays. You see, teachers have successfully negotiated themselves a physical connection to the pipeline of money that flows from the taxpayer to the government and then on to them. It's a straight shot. And they take in hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars every year without interruption. And since that money they get is known as government entitlement, it flows nonstop and it is never ending. I mean, what a deal. What a mastery of the system. And because they have so many mouths to feed, their need for more and more of that money is growing exponentially. These retirees that get paid every week yet produce nothing will live forever. And the funding needed to keep the free health care for life promised is rising to astronomical proportions. The amount of money that teachers' unions will need to survive into the future is, well, I don't know, pretty much incalculable. So that's why they teach what they teach. Big government good, everything else bad, because if there was ever a slight change in the way things are politically, they're doomed. They higher taxes and bigger government are what they actively promote. And they will always say they never have enough money. So they use the enormous political capital they hold for this purpose, securing that funding. I mean, they don't have a choice. And that is exactly why public education is by no means successful. By any matrix you choose, the level of competency in the publicly educated child is in constant decline. And I don't think it's a crime to demand better. All because the bulk of the taxpayer money allocated for education does not find its way down to the frontline teacher. It's all gobbled up in bloated bureaucracies, retirement funding, and political contributions. That's why today's teachers are broke and the schools are failing. Now, only when teachers are paid more than the bureaucrats that operate their unions will that dynamic ever change. You see, there's not that there's not enough money. It's just that it's already spent. And these are the smartest people around? Hardly. The smartest people around are making billions worth of intelligence, and they're not doing it behind a lectern. The smartest people at these taxpayer-funded schools and universities will never sniff the kind of money that can be made in the private sector because they have chosen the certainty of a government job and, as such, are capped at a certain income level. I call it the ivory ceiling. So the natural human instinct is to decry the thing that makes them look bad, and that thing is adventure capitalism, the thing they took a pass on. So instead, they promote a more socialist worldview, because that's the only place that the unaccountability they enjoy can exist. They can't wrap their minds around the fact that the richest men and the women in the world did not attend their classes. Most never even attended college. How can that be? I mean, I'm a professor. I'm way smarter than those guys. So their success must be cut down with a sickle of communism in the name of equality. Tax those rich people who stole their money and give the money to us so that we can put it to good use, educating your children with socialist doctrine. It's the only way they can continue getting money while performing poorly. And that's my beef with teachers. With such great and truly wonderful things that can be done with their immeasurable influence, it's instead wasted on promoting the one thing that will, in the long run, end their prosperity. And that's socialism. Because only through the teaching of socialism can they maintain their status. 
They must ignore the centuries of history that show how every attempt, not some, not a few, but every attempt at socialism or communism or collectivism, whatever you want to call it, eventually fails and crumbles. It's indefensible. And this is the trap that teachers now find themselves in. And I'm not sure if they even know it yet. Just imagine a world where teachers will tell of the work of our founding, that they will tell about a new breed of people that were hardened by hard work and true grit, people with an adventurous spirit and a bravery to leave it all behind in the hope of carving out a piece of the planet that will one day grant people their natural rights, a people who achieved a level of enlightenment that required a strong back and a strong constitution. A new breed of men and women who sacrificed everything they had, including their lives, to change the course of history. A new breed of humans that placed humanity above all, creating laws that showed no bias to rank or bloodline or landholding or skin color. A law that released a spirit that would one day place a man on another planet and make worldwide communication instantaneous. A new breed of people who would stand up against all odds to the largest army of the world for a chance to form such a government. A government that would stand out of the way of people in their natural pursuit of profits and happiness. And holy crap, look what happened. Every freedom-loving American shares that history, whether they participated in it or not. People of every race, ethnicity, and faith who came here to enjoy the chance at a prosperous and free life. A mishmash of people from all over the world coming together to embrace that spirit and build a nation without equal. That is the work of a new breed of people. And they're called Americans. And what's wrong with teaching that? The greatest success story since the dawn of time? A well-thought-out social experiment that has produced results far in excess of anything its creators could have ever imagined. So successful is this experiment, it only took 250 years to go from a horse and buggy to interstellar travel. 250 years, that's a pimple on the ass of history. Nothing like it has ever occurred on this planet. And in those 250 years, not only did we build the greatest military force the world has ever seen, but we're using it for benevolent purposes throughout the world. The history of America has raised a standard of living for every known person on this planet. American dollars are spread throughout the world to feed people and build cities and cure sickness. I mean, do I really have to itemize this stuff? It's called spreading the wealth. And the United States of America has done it to a level beyond your ability to count. So why aren't they teaching that? Well, they're not only not teaching that, they're instead teaching our children the exact opposite. I don't want to go off the rails here. I know that reading and writing and math and science, et cetera, it's all being taught. And I'm not in the classroom to see what's going on here. I'm talking about that singular school of thought I mentioned earlier. I'm talking about the largest school districts and the largest teachers unions in the country. See, the headlines these days are all about people in favor of or opposed to certain teachings that foment division. It's the critical race theory stuff and mandating of thought that meets their definition of equality and the public shaming of people who do not share their opinions, pointing out differences and using that mechanism to divide us into groups of either victims or oppressors. Teaching our children that because of their skin color or ethnic background or sexual orientation, that they're a victim. And then only government can cure that by getting even with your oppressors teaching our youth a socialist promise of a cradle-to-grave existence, that's exactly the opposite of the principles this country was founded on. No, they're teaching our children that the American story is one of oppression. With incredibly tortured reasoning, teachers teach that we are a flawed people who now need to beg forgiveness. 
that we've gained our lofty status on the backs of others, and that now Americans need to be gotten even with. Aside from being blatantly divisive, it's entirely preposterous. It only takes a simple reading of the transcripts of our history to know that that's not even close to being true. What I was taught in public school was that the body that actually put in place the notion that all men are created equal and of unalienable rights granted by a creator was the Second Continental Congress. And by simply reading the transcripts of the debates regarding the question to declare independence, you can witness the founders' struggles with the question of slavery. The original Declaration of Independence included a provision to end slavery. Only one state, South Carolina, stood in the way of publishing the initial declaration that included that provision. Twelve of the 13 colonies all agreed to end slavery in 1776. They had it in writing, and you might want to read that. Now, fortunately or unfortunately, without conceding slavery to keep South Carolina on board, there would be no Declaration of Independence and no United States of America. You see, the vote to declare independence had to be unanimous. And South Carolina was the only dissenting vote for a declaration that included the anti-slavery language. It was a compromise that would one day cost over 600,000 lives 90 years later when we finally reconciled the issue and ended slavery with a bloody civil war. And it was most exclusively white Christian males who gave those 600,000 lives and a million more who gave their limbs to end the practice of slavery and restore that promise that all men are indeed created equal. And how one can argue in favor of critical race theory or the 1619 Project crap illustrates a complete ignorance of that history. That teachers are teaching this contrived historical narrative is something that cannot be excused. I mean, after all, this is public taxpayer money that pays their salaries. And to me, it seems, I don't know, illegal. I hate to sound like a jerk there. I'm just imagining how amazing and how uplifting and encouraging it would be if teachers taught of the American success how inspiring they could be to our nation's youth by teaching a positive message of that spirit and how it still exists today. And that you don't have to look any further than that device in your hand to witness its unparalleled success. See, the power to change the world will always be in the hands of educators. But using that power to disparage our nation's history by promoting doom and oppression, it's a crime against us all. What a waste of an opportunity to build a better future. But that opportunity can only be achieved from within, from the teachers. Only they can, amongst themselves, recognize the reach of their power and reposition it to promote a more uplifting and positive approach to teaching our youth, an approach befitting their level of intelligence and their lofty position. Well, it's not hard to figure out. Just teach the truth of our founding instead of some contrived version of history that goes out of its way to depress and divide. Why would any teacher support such a thing when the complete opposite is staring them in the face. This is not rocket science here. Just tell the kids what happened and how legalizing a singular proposition that all people are created equal and how it unleashed a level of human prosperity never before imagined. This podcast is not about bashing teachers. It's about inspiring them, showing them a better way to use their incredible power and influence that seems so obvious to me. And I know they can see it too. Teachers are in control of our nation's future. That's just the way it is. They will be spending more time with our children than most parents, and as such, can mold and shape these children any way they see fit. And with that great power comes an even greater responsibility. And how you choose to use it will make the difference between a continued success or a certain demise. I beg teachers to take back control of your world from the racketeers that run your unions and maximize your enormous power for a greater good, 
for the good of a nation that needs you now more than ever to lead us to that place of a greater enlightenment. You have the power to stop doing what you're doing now and instead teach of the amazing course of our history. Or you can continue to teach our children how to get even with the fictional bastards you've created. I pray that you will have the strength to break those self-imposed bonds and set a new and amazing course for our future. This is Eric Corey.